Hello and welcome on to another episode of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. So the NBA is creeping closer to a return. We are uh, about a couple weeks away from the NBA being back in action. All 22 teams are now at the bubble Uh in their hotel rooms, past the quarantine tests, all that jazz. Uh, a couple players still looking to join their teams. I heard Russell Westbrook and James Harden haven't joined the Rockets yet, along with uh, LeBron James haven't joining the Lakers yet, but that is uh, going to come in the very near future. But nonetheless, most teams have uh, almost all of their roster in the bubble at this time. They are practicing on the courts, they're getting their work in, and... Uh, I just want to discuss a couple things before we restart here. I mean, we've been off since, I believe it was March 11th as the last uh, the last game in the NBA. And so it's easy to forget uh, a lot of what went on for the first three quarters of the regular season. And there's also been, you know, some transactions. Uh, there's players that have said they are not going to the bubble. Uh, there's been some uh, body transformations in the past, you know, three to four months since we've been off. And um, there are some social justice implications uh, that the NBA has taken upon themselves to allow the players to do that should be talked about as well. So we'll get into all of that one by one. But uh, let's start here with uh, the transactions. So players have joined new teams. Uh, some players have been waived. Some players have been brought on. Again, the teams have now expanded their roster to 17 players. So there's a couple extra roster spots for each team to sign some players. So let's go through the transactions since April 13th all the way up until July 10th uh, with this podcast being recorded on July 12th. So as of April 14th, uh, sorry, as of April 13th, the Bulls fire GM Gar Foreman. Um, again, don't want to talk too much about those that aren't necessarily in uh, the the 22 team bubble at this point. But the Bulls firing their GM. You know, we've heard a lot about Gar Packs and uh, their you know somewhat mismanagement of the Bulls over a number of years. Again, uh, the Bulls haven't uh, won a championship since Michael Jordan won his sixth ring with them, and so a lot of that uh, Bulls fans and others have attributed to Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Well, now Gar Foreman has now been replaced with Mark Eversley. Uh, I do not know much about Mark uh, Mark Eversley or his past experience. That's something I'll have to look into. But nonetheless, Gar Foreman has now been replaced placed. Uh, April 14th, Trevor Booker announced his retirement. On May 25th, John Lure announced his retirement. Uh, June 23rd, the Rockets signed David Nwaba and waived Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, I've always liked David Nwaba. I think he's a, a solid, hard-playing uh, wing that the, fits right in with the Rockets system. Doesn't necessarily shoot the three at an elite level, but can play some high-level defense, and uh, Lord knows they need some defense uh, on the wing. And uh, David Nwaba will definitely help with that. Um, waving Isaiah Hartenstein is yet another kind of nail into uh, the coffin of them playing, you know, five out small ball. Again, if you remember, they've traded Clint Capella. Uh, he's no longer on the roster, so they are left with playing a lot of P.J. Tucker at center with, uh, I believe, Tyson Chandler as their only real big man now that uh, they do not have Isaiah Hartenstein. The Memphis Grizzlies uh, have signed Anthony Tolliver to the rest of the season contract. The Sacramento Kings signed Corey Brewer to a contract for the rest of the season. And the Phoenix Suns waived Jared Harper. 
San Antonio Spurs, uh, on June 24th, San Antonio Spurs signed Tyler Zeller. The Oklahoma City Thunder converted Lugensdorf from a two-way to a regular contract. Big for Lugensdorf. He was a, uh, a crucial piece for the Oklahoma City rotation, really starting to play well. Has a, a bit of a slashing game. It really plays hard on defense. And it looks like his shot is starting to come around a little bit as well. Really starting to look like an NBA player there and uh, really deserved uh, to be uh, converted into a full-time NBA contract from his two-way. So congratulations for him. Another success story of a player on a two-way that played himself into a regular uh, guaranteed NBA contract. So great for Lugans Dort. He definitely deserves that. Uh, Brooklyn Nets waived Theo Pinson on June 24th as well. Uh, so June 25th, the New York Knicks claimed Jared Harper from the Phoenix Suns, and they waived Kadeem Allen. And on this date, Vince Carter also announced his retirement. So we are going to miss Vince Carter. Uh, you know, started his career, you know, with the Toronto Raptors, the, the team that I root for, being just out, a bit living just outside of Toronto. So I definitely remember the Vince Carter years. And you know, although they uh, ended poorly in terms of uh, the departure, uh, I don't think any Toronto fan uh, regrets what. Vince Carter did for the city of Toronto and his uh, illustrious career uh, will not be forgotten as uh, I believe uh, Vince Carter will be a Hall of Famer. Uh, his impact uh, was just too big to ignore and uh, you know all-star a number of times as uh, I think he even made a couple all-NBA teams as well. So kudos to Vince Carter on a fantastic career and happy uh, retirement to you sir. June 26th the New York Knicks claimed Theo Pinson from the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the Detroit Pistons signed uh, Justin Patton to a multi-year deal, and the, New the New York Knicks also waived Alonzo Trier, which is you know interesting decision. I kind of like Alonzo Trier as a uh, you know spark plug bucket getter off the bench. I think a team could use a guy like Alonzo Trier, where you know he doesn't necessarily. Uh, not necessarily putting the ball in his hands, asking him to create offense, but just a, a, a spark plug score in the uh, kind of in the same realm as a Jamal Crawford and a Lou Williams type. Maybe not as potent at those, as those guys, but uh, you know, filling that same mold, I think it could provide some value for a team off the bench. We'll see if anybody uh, decides to take uh, a chance on him. Um, although I think the uh, I think the transaction window has closed to bring players into the bubble at this point. I'll have to double check that. Um, on June 27th, the Oklahoma City Thunder signed uh, De uh, Devon Hall. The Lakers, uh, sorry, the Clippers signed Joakim Noah to a multi-year contract. That's an interesting pickup for the Clippers. I wonder where he fits in the rotation, especially in the playoff rotation uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers there. Well, I'll be interested to see how that works out. And the Sixers signed Ryan Brokoff. Uh, to a, a contract for the rest of the season, but it just looks like recently um, Brian Brokoff won't be with the Sixers as his son is suffering uh, from some uh, medical complications and the risk of COVID-19 was just too great uh, for him to be there. So I don't think we'll be seeing Ryan Brokoff playing for the Sixers uh, uh, this for the rest of the year. June 29th, the Cleveland Cavaliers signed Jordan Bell to a multi-year deal. Good pickup here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, Jordan Bell has shown some things, you know, with the Warriors. I still think he's got a little bit of potential uh, in him. And, you know, taking a flyer on a guy like Jordan Bell I don't think is a bad idea uh, considering the position the Cleveland Cavaliers is, are in right now. Uh, they also signed Dean Wade to a two-year regular season contract. Uh, I don't know much about Dean Wade. Uh, forgive me. You'll have to forgive my, my ignorance on that one. But they did sign him to a two-way contract contract. Oh, sorry. They converted Dean Wade from a two-way contract to a regular contract. My apologies. The Denver Nuggets, uh, as of June 30th, signed Tyler Cook 
to a substitution contract. The Phoenix Suns signed Cameron Payne to a multi-year deal, and the Denver Nuggets converted P.J. Dozier from a two-way to a regular contract as well. Uh, as of July 1st, Portland Trailblazers signed, signed Jalen Adams to a substitution contract. Dallas Mavericks signed Trey Burke to a substitution contract. He might be able to help them uh, off the bench if, uh, you know, uh, kind of going into the point guard uh, rotation there with uh, DeLon Wright and J.J. Barea. We'll see how he fits in there. The Washington Wizards signed Jerry and Grants to a substitution contract, and the Los Angeles Lakers signed J.R. Smith to a substitution contract. So I'm guessing substitution contract meaning just the rest of the uh, the regular season and perhaps the playoffs. So J.R. Smith back with the Lakers. I mean, he's going to be able uh, to provide them with some shooting. He's got some playoff experience. I think uh, people forget that uh, J.R. Smith is very high in the all-time rankings when it comes to three-pointers made in the playoffs, you know, a big shot or two, uh, you know, from Jr. could definitely swing a game and potentially swing a series. So uh, we'll see how he fits in. Remember, too, I think the Lakers also have uh, Dion Waiters in the mix, if I'm not mistaken, who uh, who they signed earlier before uh, the season was canceled. So they it looks like they've got some pieces to kind of play around with here. Uh, I I just wanted to see. I just want to see how uh, they go about using them uh, in some crucial playoff series. Uh, we'll see how that works. Uh, what, what else we got here? As of July 6th, the Houston Rockets signed Luke Baamute. Uh, n- another nice pickup for the Houston Rockets. I mean, Luke Baamute, uh, the Rockets have had him in the past. They've seen what he can do. A guy that can knock down threes at, at, at an acceptable rate. He also plays some very solid defense for them. And like I said before, um, with David Nwaba, you can never have too much uh, defense on the wing if you're the Houston Rockets. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans signed Zendarius Thornwell to a substitution contract. Uh, this is both of those, the Bob Mute and Thornwell contracts are done as of July 6th. On July 9th, Brooklyn Nets made two signings uh, of Michael Beasley and Jamal Crawford, a couple of veterans uh, for the rest of the season. And you'll, we'll talk about why the Brooklyn Nets made that, that signing along with Dante Hall uh, on July 10th, which will wrap up our uh, transactions here, but uh, those three guys, you know, were signed for a reason. We're going to talk about, you know, who won't be joining the Brooklyn Nets in the bubble in a minute here, which undoubtedly um, had some impact on why these guys uh, were signed. But uh, good for uh, Jamal Crawford in particular. A-, a lot of guys wanted to see, you know, him back in the league, him back getting buckets. Uh, obviously, at this point in Crawford's career, uh, you know, not the most efficient player, uh, but a very exciting player, a guy that can give you that spark, spark plug scoring off the bench, but uh, uh, defensively is really what you're going to have to look out for with Jamal Crawford because uh, he's um, not necessarily touted for his defense uh, throughout his career. And, uh, I mean, at this uh, advanced stage, I can't imagine that that is going to change. Uh, so we'll see what happens for the Brooklyn Nets. But in terms of the Brooklyn Nets, there are there are there's going to be some tough sledding for them because they are uh, they're going to be without Spencer Dinwiddie. They're going to be out without DeAndre Jordan and Wilson Chandler. Uh, all three of those guys not joining the Brooklyn Nets uh, for the rest of the season in the bubble. Um, along with them is Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards, Victor Oladipo, Indiana Pacers, Avery Bradley, L.A. Lakers, Davis Bertans. Washington Wizards, Trevor Ariza, Portland Trailblazers, and Willie Cauley-Stein of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, all of those players, including the three Brooklyn guys, will not be on their respective teams. And, you know, 
you know, Washington, you know, maybe they had a chance to fight uh, to get into, you know, that play-in tournament uh, that we talked about on the last pod. It doesn't look like that's going to happen uh, now without Bradley Beal. He, again, he, again, remember, he was the hub of their offense, really driving what was a, a top-10 offense for most of the year. And, uh, you know, I don't believe that Washington's defense was going to get uh, any better, you know, without Bradley Beal. Not to say that Bradley Beal was a particular plus on defense, but when you're 30th, uh, I don't, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, the loss of Bradley Beal is going to, you know, suddenly jump them up uh, a few, a few uh, defensive rating points. Uh, so that's a big loss for Washington. You know, big loss, Victor Oladipo for Indiana. Looked like he was starting to get uh, his legs under him a little bit, and now, they're not going to. They're not going to have him. Indiana possibly a uh, a dark horse there with Victor a healthy Victor Oladipo, and that's not going to be the case. He's going to take some time to recover again. Remember, he had a major injury that kept him out uh, almost. Well, not almost. A, it kept him out a full year. So I'm not really surprised in that case at least that Victor Oladipo wants to take some time to you know rest his body and not rush his way back into uh, a somewhat precarious situation here with having not played basketball for uh well real NBA 5 on 5 basketball I should say for uh 3 or so months you know Avery Bradley uh, a guy who uh for the LA Lakers a guy who you know was a solid defender for the Lakers there at the two and sometimes even in small ball at the three spot for them. Uh, Abel was uh, willing to pick up guys full port, uh, tenacious on ball defender, really had shown some games where he knocked down, you know, uh, a, a good number four, five, six threes for them and really could have swung a playoff series uh, had he had he gotten hot a little bit. So that might have been the spark for the J.R. Smith signing. I wouldn't be surprised there, but uh, I personally think Avery Bradley is probably better than J.R. Smith uh, right now, the way he was playing for the Lakers. So uh, a tough loss there uh, for the for the Lakers. They did replace him, but again, I believe that Avery Bradley is going to be somewhat of a loss. Uh, Davis Bertans for Washington again, uh, having a fantastic year. He's not. He's. Um, He's on the last year of his deal. He's an unrestricted free agent next year. He just doesn't want to risk getting hurt and uh, you know losing out on some money over you know seven maybe a little bit more games rather than the regular season. Totally understandable for him. He's up for uh, somewhat of a payday after a fantastic season, especially shooting from three. So I'm not surprised he's sitting out. Uh, Trevor Ariza for Portland uh, is sitting out. Again, Portland going to be tough for them to make it uh, into the playoffs and even into the play-in tournaments. Uh, and Trevor Ariza's absence won't help that. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, DeAndre Jordan, Wilson Chandler for Brooklyn. Uh, you know, Brooklyn obviously looking like they probably shouldn't be there along with Washington. Uh, I I actually had tweeted that. Hey, maybe there's a reason that Washington, you know, should have been there because uh, there was a time when you know Brooklyn's players, as you see, Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Wilson Chandler were dr- uh, dropping like flies, and obviously no KD, no Kyrie either. So uh, there was a, a solid chance that Washington was going to be able to catch, you know, possibly Brooklyn uh, should they slide down to the eight seed in Orlando. Uh, jump above them and they could be playing Brooklyn to get into the play-in tournament but now Washington doesn't have Bradley Beal so that uh, that pipe dream seems to be off the table and uh, it looks like Washington and Brooklyn probably shouldn't even be playing uh, basketball in this uh, you know in this play uh, in this seven games in the bubble and I guess you can say the same for teams like Sacramento and Phoenix too but you know there's a there's a financial there's a financial implication here that needs to be taken into account and for a lot of reasons that's why they are there 
And lastly, uh, we got Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, again, remember, Willie Cauley Stein was the one that uh, was replacing Dwight Powell, who uh, suffered a season ending injury early in the year. They're going to be without him as well. So it's going to be, uh, I believe, a lot of Boban Marjanovic at center there for Dallas. And I think they have uh, one, uh, one other, I think Maxi Kleba as well is going to be playing some center for them. So that's going to be their center rotation there without Willie Cauley Stein. Okay, so we talked about some of the transactions. We talked about who's not going. Uh, let's talk about some, you know, uh, social media body transformations and some articles that I've been reading. You know, when you're when you're gone for this long, you know, March 11th, and now we're talking about, you know, July 10th, we'll say, uh, since the teams have gotten to the bubble. That's, uh, you know, April, May, June, uh, July. That's almost four months that these players have had time to, you know, kind of assess themselves essentially is like, what am I going to do during this quarantine? How am I going to stay in shape? Uh, am I going to be putting on weight? Am I going to be able to get up shots? Uh, there was a great article there from uh, Alex Kennedy talking about how some players, you know, uh, specifically referencing Zach Levine, had an entire uh, gym in his backyard that he was able uh, to go to and get up shots consistently and hasn't missed a beat. Now, Zach Levine, uh, obviously playing for the Chicago Bulls, won't be playing in this tournament, but just goes to show you the resources he had. And, uh, you know, Mike Connolly, same thing. He was playing in the, the horse tournament that uh, uh, was aired on ESPN uh, earlier in the uh, in the quarantine period, and you could see he had a full open gym uh, that he had access to, uh, indoors lines painted, a full half court gym there, and very similar uh, circumstances with Chris Paul, where CP3 has an entire outdoor uh, gym with lines painted and his own court there in his backyard, and there are some other players. They're specifically uh, referenced in this article from Alex Kennedy. There's one specific Eastern Conference team that said, I don't think any of our guys have been playing basketball. Now, they didn't reference necessarily the team that he was referring to, uh, this Eastern Conference team, but they, the strength and conditioning coach mentioned that none of their guys were playing basketball. And uh, Chris Middleton uh, had an interview and saying he said he hadn't touched a basketball in three months, which is, you know, startling startling that he would uh that he would admit that so a lot of guys you know are at different stages in terms of ramping up uh their activity to get back into you know nba playing shape which is you know top level uh one percent athlete type conditioning and can't just be done you know with the snap of your fingers that's why they're getting this extra time for training camp before they wrap uh ramp up into these seven regular season games and then the playoffs so went on a bit of a tangent there but in that time, some body transformations have occurred. So let's start with uh, the first one. Nikola Jokic, uh, reportedly down 40 pounds. 40 pounds he's lost. He's had, He had some pictures with uh, Novak Djokovic uh, showing him to be very, very uh, skinny. Well, not, not skinny, but very, okay, we'll call it slim. Um, compared to his old self, uh, I think Mike Malone and uh, Jamal Murray were saying that Jokic has a little four-pack, <laughs> meaning you could see his abs now, uh, which is which is interesting. Uh, I'd like to see how that translates to the game of Nikola Jokic. He's got a lot of unorthodox movements. We know the uh, the main part of Jokic's game is his passing, passing out of double teams, uh, but he's also a 20-point per game scorer is what people forget. He can shoot, he can shoot the three uh, in pick-and-pop situations. 
situations, and he's also got a little bit of a post game, uh, albeit a bit of an awkward post game. But the the shots that he take, they go in. He's got you know some awkward hook shots, some little weird floaters, uh, slow euro steps in the lane, that sort of thing. And I'm and I'm interested to see how his game will adjust to losing that much weight. Is he going to get pushed off his spot in the post? You know, demanding the ball at 16 feet, he's getting now pushed out to 20. Is that sort of stuff uh, going to happen? So we'll, we'll see with Nikola Jokic. That's I'm interested to see how that works as well. Uh, the second guy uh, that I saw is there was an article that uh, Mo Bamba put on 25 pounds of mostly muscle. Uh, you know, this is, you know, this is a guy, Mo Bamba, who's, you know, kind of struggled to find, uh, uh, we'll say, not find a spot in the league, but necessarily live up to his high draft pick uh, that he was picked a couple of years ago. And he's now put on 25 pounds. Um, again, Mo, a lot of Mo Bamba's game, you know, shooting that three, uh, you know, he hasn't necessarily been the most proficient back-to-the-basket player, uh, but is uh, is a shot blocker as a very, very long wingspan, very long, lanky player, and he's now put on some real muscle. So is there, uh, is there some skill that is going to come along with that? Is he going to be able to back, back down guys in the post a little bit easier? Is, uh, is he going to develop, you know, more of a face-up game because uh, you can't, you know, just uh, get right up on him? Uh, anymore because of that strength that he is going to be able to go by you. So uh, interesting there with Mo Bamba. He really uh, hasn't necessarily shown us uh, as much as he probably can on offense. And I'm wondering if this is going to change with this uh, new weight gain. So Marcus Soule is another one. And there's no number for him. He just looks ripped. Marcus Soule just looks like he's in the best shape of his life. And uh, this is a guy, you know, at his advanced age, uh, that is, it's, that's great news, you know, for a guy like Marcus Soule. I, I wonder if he's going to be a little bit more agile, a little bit more mobile, a little bit of a guy that's uh, maybe can switch on to some threes and fours and maybe hold his own a little bit more than he used to be able to. Uh, I'm interested to see what this Marcus Soule body transformation looks like. Again, I don't have necessarily weight numbers or anything like that, but I'm interested to see See how Marcus Gasol looks now that he's gotten into uh, some gotten into some shape. Is he going to you know uh, block a few block a few more shots? Maybe rotate a half step quicker. Those you know those little game of inches is what counts. Uh, and when you and when you get yourself into the shape that he looks like he's uh, uh, going for, I think um, I think there's a difference that is going to be made. So good for Marcus Gasol. I'm interested to see how his uh, change in uh, uh, body composition works for him uh, and the Toronto Raptors. Finally, there's a picture going around of James Harden uh, on on the sand dunes or whatnot, and he and apparently he lost. Uh, James Harden lost 20 pounds. Now, you know this is a guy, James Harden, who was already pretty quick. He and he was already probably one of the strongest guards uh, that we had in the league today. And you know, I'm I don't think he lost any of that as muscle. You know, Harden was a bit of a a, sto- a stockier guard uh, in the sense, but was still had a lot of good you know mobility. He's super strong. Uh, was he uh, was he the most ripped guy uh, I've seen in the world? No, but that hasn't changed from him being you know pretty pretty much a top five player for the last five years and now that he's got 20 pounds down and you know working with Paul favorites of uh, PJF performance you know that he's putting him in the right position you know to succeed uh, Paul favorites being one of the best uh, you know strength and conditioning uh, trainers that we have uh, in, in my opinion at least and so he's uh, he's uh, a long time uh, 
you know, Harden, James Harden is a longtime client of his. So I don't doubt that, you know, the right steps have been taken uh, to get James Harden into uh, fantastic shape. And that's, that's, that's great news for Harden. If he's even quicker now off the dribble, if he's just a little more agile on his step backs, I, I don't even know what you're going to do about him. But now the other side of this is Harden on defense you know, not necessarily known for getting over a screen. The Rockets do a lot of switching uh, in part because Harden actually won't try to get over top of a screen and pick and roll. He's pretty much saving his energy uh, on offense instead of going hard on defense. Is now Harden a little more agile to get over those to get over those screens? Is maybe he now able to move his feet a little quicker to where the Rockets don't necessarily need to switch every pick and roll with Harden in him? Uh, that could, you know, be a revelation for their defense being able to evolve and play different styles now if Harden is able to uh, get over those screens that could be interesting the other way you can think of it is now Harden is a fantastic post defender now uh, and part of the reason is because he's able to switch onto a lot uh, of these fours and fives that try to back him down and a lot of the time fail because they underestimate how strong he is how sturdy he is in his lower body Uh, his lower body strength is unbelievable his upper body strength is like I mentioned some of the strongest in the league but now he's dropped 20 pounds. So I'm wondering if those guys can move Harden a little bit more now that he doesn't have that extra weight on him. I'm wondering if uh, Harden loses some of that stoutness of being uh, a fantastic post defender and now becomes just kind of an average post defender. Well, um, that might be able that might change uh, a few things that the Rockets do if they're going to switch, uh, you know, every pick and roll. So. Uh, we'll see how that we'll see how that works. Again, the, a lot of these body transformations they come with a a plus and a minus, a positive and a negative, depending on how you look at it, depending on you know the way that they've changed the uh, their body. So you know if you're losing a lot of muscle mass, well then that's obviously not good. If you're you know cutting excess fat, well that's obviously uh, a good thing. It's going to make you a lot quicker and likely you won't lose much strength at all. So. We are going to uh, see how these body transformations work, but I thought it was, and there's probably others as well that I don't know about here, but uh, those four particularly is the ones that I've seen kind of circulating, and I thought it was good to touch on because that's probably something that we don't talk about uh, that much uh, when when we talk about this whole quarantine stuff. Uh, so interesting, Nicole Jokic, Mo Bamba. Marcus Ole, James Harden. We'll see how. Uh, we'll keep an eye on those guys to see how they look in the seven games uh, that are left for the regular season and the playoffs as well. So just touching on this quickly, it looks like there may be a bubble for the other eight teams that are not in the playoffs. Um, I I heard a little rumbling of that. That to me is doesn't make a lot of sense personally. I don't know that that should be happening, but I heard a little rumble about that. We'll keep uh, an update on whether that's going to actually happen or not. I'm not 100% sure if that's going through, but something I should touch on. And last thing I wanted to touch on here is the social justice messaging on jerseys that the NBA uh, is going to allow the players to do. I thought that this was a fantastic uh, initiative from the NBA. Uh, Again, a lot of the players were very concerned that, you know, the social justice messaging, given the recent tragic killing of um, members of the uh, black community like George Floyd, like Breonna Taylor, 
Uh, a lot of those tragic uncalled for murders were going to be put in the back seat uh, if the NBA started. That was the fear of a lot of players and whether or not they wanted to come back and risk losing the weight of the social justice movement that has been going on uh, in the United States and really throughout the world. So I thought that this was a nice little gesture from the NBA to allow a lot of uh, players to put their own messaging on the back of the jerseys and making sure that their voice is still uh, allowed still allowing their voice to be heard uh, where it needs to be. And that's on uh, the, obviously, the social justice issues going on in the United States and around the world. So the NBA had made a list via email to players of suggested um, you know terms on the back of their jerseys. Here are some of them that the NBA sent out and said, uh, we suggest these ones. Uh, Black Lives Matter, say their names, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, freedom, enough, power to the people, justice now, say her name, si se yes we can in Spanish, I think it is, sorry, I butchered that pronunciation, uh, liberation, see us, hear us, respect us, love us, listen, listen to us, stand up, ally, anti-racist, I am a man, speak up, how many more, group economics, education reform, and mentor. Um, so a lot of, uh, so those are all fantastic, uh, fantastic phrases, all of which I would love to see on the back of jerseys. But the one that has really stood out and that a lot of players are going with, it seems, is the term equality. Uh, and I, I love that uh, as well. A lot of players I have chosen to use that term on the back of their jerseys, which I think is uh, just fantastic. Uh, obviously, you know, having the names on the back of the jerseys, you know, is there. It's it seems you know trivial and just kind of you know small in uh, in what they're doing. And it's like, how often are you going to actually see that? Like, what difference is that going to make? Well, when the broadcasts start to come on uh, and you see those messages on the back of the jerseys, that is basically just an open uh, an open you know, dialogue for, uh, you know, broadcasters, you know, like, you know, Doris Burke and your Mark Jones, Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, uh, Mike Breen, uh, you know, all those guys, uh, Marv Albert, Kevin Harlan, it, it opens up all of those uh, guys uh, to talk about uh, the social justice issues co coming through your television. And that doesn't happen if, you know, they're not actually noticing the uh, messages on the back of the jersey. So, you know, the the messaging on the jerseys uh, more sig gives the... Uh gives the, the TV broadcast an opening to talk about these social justice issues on the NBA's platform, which I really think is what they are going for with the messaging on the back of these jerseys. And I think that that is a, somewhat of a smart move here you know, from uh, the NBA not to try and lose sight of uh, the social justice issues going on, social justice issues, sorry, uh, going on uh, in the United States and around the world. Uh, we still want to see the Black Lives Matter movement uh, moving strong uh, it's important that we don't lose sight uh, of what is really important uh, in this time. And I think that putting the names on the back of the jerseys and allowing the uh, for an open conversation uh, from the TV broadcast to jump into that, along with maybe some of the players and post-game interviews to talk about it as well, I think that there is a, uh, a, a nice platform that the NBA can use to make sure that this message uh, doesn't get lost in the shuffle of the restart of the NBA. So thank you so much 
for listening, everyone. We're going to try to get ramped up back here to uh, once a week like we were before the quarantine. And uh, I'm excited to see how the NBA restarts here uh, as we get closer and closer to that. I believe it's July 31st date where the NBA starts uh, back up again. And uh, we'll have a podcast leading up to it and right through to the end uh, as we hope to finish out this NBA season with a champion. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.